0: was less about what I can do for God and more about what God has done for me? What if my purpose and identity weren't built around the things I can produce but the things I've received? What if God's promise is true and I already have every spiritual blessing? Maybe then I could rediscover joy. It's really great to be with you. Uh, I've been really looking forward to worshiping with you and having the honor to open the Bible with you. So let's... uh, do that, if you have your Bible, go ahead and open it to uh, Ephesians 1, and today we're going to look at verses 13 to 14, Uh, and if you are a guest, maybe you haven't been to church in a while, uh, we're glad you're here. What we're doing in this series is is we're looking at all the riches, all the joys, all the blessings that come to those whose faith and lives are resting in Jesus. That when it, it comes to the Christian faith, we don't earn our blessings or spot, but rather we, in having Jesus, have every blessing Jesus has. And so this this letter, the opening of paragraph of this letter, is Paul basically taking us away from ourselves to Jesus as the answer to our spiritual hunger, happiness, and wholeness. And so that's kind of the series, and so each week what we're doing is we're saying, this is what Jesus has done for us in his life, death, resurrection, you have that, it's your And so, uh, this morning I couldn't be more excited because in today's blessing, uh, we find not only what activates and animates all of them, but also how you can be sure as a Christian uh, you'll always have them. Okay, so what is the blessing today? Well, in Ephesians 1, it's the blessing of, as Matt prayed, the Holy Spirit. Okay, so let me read the passage and then uh, we'll just keep going. All right, Ephesians 1, 13. In him, so in Jesus, in belonging to Jesus, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed. With the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Okay, so to help us follow, uh, and in the context of this passage in our series, I want us to see three points. Three points of the blessing of the Holy Spirit. Number one, the Holy Spirit assures us of every blessing. Number two, the Holy Spirit animates the power of every blessing. And then three, we're going to ask how the Holy Spirit gets us more of every blessing. So the Holy Spirit assures us. If you're taking notes, we have it. The Holy Spirit animates the power in it. And then how we get how he gives us more of it. Okay, that's where we're going. You guys are just excited. To get your, okay. Number one, the Holy Spirit assures us of every blessing. Okay, by the way, if you are kind of new to the Bible like we all once were and, and this Holy Spirit discussion is a little new to you, uh, there's so much to say on the Holy Spirit. So I just want to point, we did a six-week series on the person and the work of the Holy Spirit called the Holy Spirit. And so just highly encourage you to go there if you've got some more questions or want to know more about how he works in the life of a Christian. Um, But briefly, let me say this. The Bible makes clear the Holy Spirit is God. Okay, that there is one God who exists in three persons. God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, he's not a force. We're not trying to access or pray to a force as many Eastern religions do. He's not something to be harnessed in our minds. We're not filled with an electrical charge of sorts. We're instead talking to and have access to someone, God himself. Okay, so... Back to our first point. The Holy Spirit assures us of every blessing. Let me show you where I get this. And by the way, I say this often. Uh, if, if you're new to the church, uh, don't, you shouldn't care a lick of what I have to say unless it's in this book. And so let me show you kind of where I get this point. Verse 13, let's read it again. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. So, the Holy Spirit is, he says, a seal. Okay, what's a seal? Well, to help answer that, let me show you one more place in the Bible that we see this. Second Corinthians 1. Here's what Paul says. It is God who establishes us. I love that. Christianity begins with God. In Christ and has anointed us and who has also put his, what's our word, seal on us and given us his spirit, where? In our hearts as a guarantee. So let's put this together. What is a seal? It's the divine residence of God, the Holy Spirit, in our hearts, a guarantee of whose we are and all the realities we have in Jesus. Okay, this is just staggering in scope that we have inside of us, every believer in the world, one Spirit. In Romans 8, Paul says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So in you, we're in this series, we're looking at what are the blessings we have. This is what we get. You get in you divine residence of your heart. So if you're a Christian, the blessing is we have the Holy Spirit sealed inside. Okay, so let's, let's tease this out because I want to know more. So, in Paul's day, a seal was way more, it had way more significance and meaning. And so, uh, let me explain. A seal was most often used by a king, primarily to authenticate the message or the command was truthful and sent by the king. That it really was from him. So let's think about it in a different way. How was the king going to give people assurance this is really him speaking? Like he, like he, he would have How would they know? Well, he would have a seal on its ring again, and it would be some kind of like insignia pattern thing. And what he would do is when he would close up a letter, he would put some wax on it, and then he'd put his insignia on it. And the insignia would always be something that was hard to counterfeit, virtually impossible to counterfeit. It it would always be something that when the person received the letter and saw the seal, that person would immediately have assurance. "Okay, Okay, this is really from the king. So how do you know you're in him? That that every spiritual blessing are, are realities you have? How do you know the feelings you have, the beliefs you have, what's going on in your life? How do you know it's from God? How do you know it's all true? Answer, God has sent a seal, an assurance, a mark of ownership. What a glorious blessing. Right? Because maybe for you, what happened is you got into the Bible, someone invited you to church, and all of a sudden, all these great things started to happen. Like you got these wonderful feelings when you prayed. All of a sudden you started reading the Bible and it was kind of like coming into you. Like not only did you believe that this was true, your decisions, your affections were maturing, they were lining to it. It was, it was as if some mornings, like he was just right there speaking, renovating you. I mean, that emptiness you once felt that most honest people in a sense, that sense in their, their hearts always feel that emptiness, it was gone, but then something happened. What happened? This happened you started talking to a friend and they were like, oh, that's wonderful. Let me tell you something. I'm getting a lot of clarity in life with Zen through this other teaching, this other philosophy. Or maybe you're with a family member and they say, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm also finding so much peace through chanting, getting, getting mantras and other coworkers talking about the meaning of life and another thing. And so you're like what? What is that? What do I do with this? How do we know that what we have in Jesus everything he has is ours? How do we know that's from God? What makes us different than those? Well, of course there's many answers. One can go to the historicity of the scriptures, one can go from evidence of the resurrection. There are very reasonable, powerful ways to ensure you it's true. And I would encourage you if you haven't got it in your calendar, next week the Ravi Zacharias Conference will aid, help, give us reasonable answers. But for Paul in this passage, it was something even greater. And what is it? He says, it's the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's interesting. In Acts 15, there's a debate whether God has provided salvation for more than just the Jewish people, that he's a savior to all the nations. And listen to how they know he's done this. Okay, listen to this. In Acts 15, the apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter. And after there had been much debate, Peter stood up, and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God who knows the heart, love that phrase. That's power. And God who knows the heart bore witness to them. How? by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Okay, so uh, how does God bear witness that the world is coming in? How can a Gentile know, how can you and I know? This is for real, like this is, God actually exploded the promises of eternal life with him. How am I gonna know it with the Holy Spirit? What a blessing. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful for this. Here's why. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit's slow but continuous renovating of James Bonnie's heart, just leading me to look at Jesus, love his word, hate my sin, love him, repent, trust in every blessings Jesus has, I know in James Bonnie I don't have those resources. I wouldn't. That's assurance. Okay, so what's my point? Well, the spiritual blessing of the Holy Spirit is the gift that your very faith is the result of God's power. So think about it this way. If you're that person who's always worried of losing him, be encouraged. You've got him. Or better yet, he's got you because, as one said, you're not capable of wanting God unless he was drawing you. In other words, you and I are not capable of wanting a connection with God unless you're already connected with him, unless the deposit's in you. Okay, so what do you do with all those other people and family members that you've met. Well, let me say this. Whereas every human being needs God, and in that sense, every human being desires God and seeks spiritual life in all kinds of ways, the Bible is clear to say that every human being refuses to seek the true God. As Romans 1 puts it, we instead create gods of our own choosing. That is, we fashion gods. We create religions. As as one has said, if we look at all the different religions that arise out of our hearts, they always move toward a God of some sort, but the Bible says never towards the real God until God sends his seal. Here's, Here's what I'm trying to say. We're not just given a structure of faith or the machinery of faith, but the power that turns on the lights to everything. So the way you get the presence of adoption, the spirit. The way you get the realities of all that Jesus has done, the spirit. So that whenever you got into the presence of the true God and his truth in the book he wrote, And you just sit down, you begin to hear, or maybe you hear a sermon, and you read all about how God loves you as a father and how how you have everything in Jesus through his life, death, and resurrection. And the truth, it dawns on you. It really, all of a sudden, it rejoices you. It's changing you. It's piercing you like this needle. Sealed. Wow. It's alive. Which takes us to our second point. So not only does Paul say, the Holy Spirit assures us of every blessing, he says, second, the Holy Spirit animates the power of every blessing. Okay, where did you get that point, James? Let me show you. I first get this idea uh, of the Holy Spirit animating the power of every blessing in this word guarantee. Okay, so look back uh, in verse 14. He says, who is the guarantee of our inheritance? Okay, that word If you have the NIV translation, uh, it's translated in that version, deposit. In the Holman, I think it says, uh, I don't even know what it says, something like that. Um, The word, it it just means first installment. Here's what this means. The Holy Spirit is the first evidence of the full grandeur of, of God's complete purpose in our lives. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit is the first evidence of the full grandeur of God's complete purpose in our lives. It's all coming. As one writes, that future power, which is gonna wipe you clean of everything that's wrong with you and everything that's wrong with the world is already in you now. And it's the same stuff that's going to wipe you and the whole universe clean of everything that's wrong. That power is in you now. So the blessing I want to emphasize this morning in and around the Holy Spirit is simple. We have the source of all power. A friend who's just animating in us all the realities that Jesus has done for us. And he is it. We are not it. To put it another way, this is an incredible blessing because we're not sufficient in ourselves. We need power. Like not only to write, believe, but in the ability to live out the Christian life. Okay, Now, you and I can't access anything Jesus has done for us without the power to do so. And if maybe you're here and it's, you're kind of checking out Christianity, this is really important to know. Like we've said in the beginning, Christianity is not just a bunch of rules or truths or a structure of beliefs to believe. Christianity is a supernatural life that's meant to be lived. See, it's, it's about God's kingdom coming, and the Holy Spirit who is in us is there to help us live this out. He, he will animate those truths we need Changing us to live this life for God, to do whatever God wants done in this kingdom. So without the Holy Spirit, we live a powerless Christian life. See, a seal, when it, when it comes, you could like run your fingers on it. You'd be like, oh, that's real. It's palpable. It's palpable. You could, it's visible. In other words, the Holy Spirit is not an abstraction. The Holy Spirit is something, someone that must have an impact on and in your life. Animating these new realities, changing your life. And this is the blessing. And and hear me on this. It's the very prayer of Paul. Like, right after, he just goes, man, look what God's done. We're adopted. We have, we have forgiveness. We have holiness. We have an inheritance. He just, I got to pray. I just got to burst in prayer. And listen to what he prays in verse 16. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit of wisdom. And of revelation in in, in the what? In the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he's called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of His great might. The blessing is God is not left us to depend on ourselves, but has come to empower us in every blessing through the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the strength does not reside in us. It's in him. Now, I don't know about you, but I struggle with what this feels like. You know what I mean? Like this kind of like your work, this God confidence mixed with, I'm just so dependent. I can't do anything if I'm, if the spirit doesn't do it. It's like this always this sense of weakness. You know what I'm saying? It's not comfortable. Okay. I don't like it. Even physically, I'm the guy at the gym. Okay. Oh, you go to the gym? Yes. Okay. Hypothetically, (laughs) when I go, I am the guy who's who when see when I see someone doing something I'm like I got this okay My favorite is the anybody see the guys who can do like the bars and then they just go up or you know what I'm talking about that move <laughs> I'm like I'm like Nikki watch this baby <laughs> just hang Mm-mm. just stretching did like 60 of these My wife actually she stopped going to the gym with me like she won't go she's like it's just embarrassing because you're not like that. You're not fit. <laughs> I'll prove you wrong next time I go. <laughs> Here's my point. Um, I just I can't sense. I, I I just I I can't stand that sense of being just inadequate. Like I I I want to be competent. I want to walk into a community group and be like, I got the I got this, or this this meeting, or my work, or this. It's, it's a weird feeling. And then I was just studying this this week. I realized this is the burden, this is the healthy burden that Paul always carried in my weakness to show the power was in God. And I thought, James, instead of being threatened by that, maybe that's the healthiest place to be. A God confidence that the power is is in me, and I can't do it without him. I like how one put it, it's okay to doubt ourselves and to question our abilities and the adequacy of our resources. In fact, God has orchestrated the contrast to remind us the battle is not ours, it's his. And so, if if today you're feeling kind of weary or, or weak or beaten down or worn out, and Maybe you're feeling as you're kind of being swept away or swallowed up by that circumstance or challenge in front of you, that there's no more fight in you, that you've kind of come to this end of yourself. God might just be setting the stage. Because here's what this blessing teaches us don't miss this God is sufficient every time. God is sufficient every time to bring into your life what God is doing to form in you Christ for his glory. Guaranteed. Because here's the thing. What confidence do you and I have that that we will have the spiritual resources to make it through everything that will come our way this year? Like, what confidence do we have? The answer is this blessing. He'll be there. Like, he'll be there. And if the seal is true... And the deposit is the first installment. What this means is every minute counts to the Holy Spirit. He's excited what's on the horizon. Every opportunity, every every circumstance is an opportunity for him to animate more of the power of everything we already have in Jesus. He gets excited. So to paraphrase one, if you're afraid of failure, it's the Holy Spirit's job to say, but... If you're a Christian, Jesus is your crown. Jesus is your glory. He's your perfection, holiness. If you're rejected, it's the Holy Spirit's job to say, but if you're a Christian, Jesus is your inheritance. You're adopted by the Father. You are loved. When you sin, it's the Holy Spirit's job to say, but if you're a Christian, Jesus is your forgiveness, your righteousness before the Father who loves you because he loves you. So in the context of this passage and in this series it's true that the Holy Spirit does many things in and through us but he begins by animating what Jesus has done for us. Which leads us into how the Holy Spirit gives us more of every blessing. How does he do that? Well We could begin by asking the question, how or when did we receive the deposit and the seal? In other words, what means were in place for the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit? So turn back with me, look at our verses again, Ephesians 1.13, and let's notice uh, when, okay? When. Verse 13. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So notice two things. Two ways it tells us. First, you have to hear the word of truth. And then second, you have to believe in him. The gospel of your salvation. I love how he says the good news, just you know in that culture was news of events. You've heard that multiple times, but It was, they would come into a town and say, this has happened, this has changed your status, this is your new victory. But the next line, he says, it's in a person who's done it for us. So you have to hear the word, then you have to believe in him, and then sealed. Okay, now, many modern people, they just go, oh, that doesn't rub, right? Doesn't rub. Rubs. All right, stop saying rubs. Um, What? You know, truth isn't, matter it doesn't matter what you believe what matters is how you live as long as you're a good person but but not for Paul say for Paul truth matters truth is something of weight truth is something that's going to last and is and hear me on this is how we become sealed really yes So listen to what Jesus says hours before he's crucified to his disciples as he's giving them instruction and encouragement, preparing them for life and the ministry after his death and resurrection. He says this in John 16. He says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, that's the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. And then Jesus says in verse 14, he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The gospel of your salvation, he will declare that. All that the Father has is mine, and therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Right? As we talked about a lot in that series, he's like the floodlight to the cross, to Jesus, his words and his works. So let's put this together. We didn't get the Holy Spirit by asking for the Holy Spirit. We got the Holy Spirit by hearing truth and believing the gospel. And so if we wanna grow in the spirit, we just keep doing that. Hearing the truth, believing, as Paul prays, that they would grow in their knowledge, that we would keep our eyes on Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Okay, so if you want assurance, if you're a Christian, if you want to keep your assurance kind of burning bright in the center of your life, you want to see more of your spiritual character produce more power, more just you have to spend the time yes in prayer. Yes in worship. It's all about that. But that all comes in the presence of his truth. That's how we get more do you realize what an engine that is? Yes, I do, James. Thank you. Preached perfect. That was great. Can't wait. I'm just got a Bible reading plan. I'm just... Okay, so the Holy Spirit assures us of it. I think the king he looks at you this morning and if the one thing i felt like god was saying just scream loud through is him saying i want you to know you're mine some of you need to hear that i want you to know you're the real thing i want you to know that even in your worst of hours in your deepest of struggles you have a resource stronger than you who alone can assure you of Jesus, your forgiveness, Jesus, your adoption, Jesus, your holiness, the Holy Spirit. I think just the thank you God for the blessing of the Holy Spirit is a great response. Who animates the supernatural life we're called to live? And so, as we respond this morning, I would just invite you to hear and believe, if you haven't, that Jesus is God who came. To live a life we could not live in perfect obedience to the Father and loving everyone. He was the most loving person who ever lived. And then on the cross, our sin was put on him. And Jesus paid the penalty. And when he rose from death, here's what it meant. It meant it was finished. It meant it was paid. Think about the lady at Costco who's got the highlighter. When Jesus rose from death, the receipt, that it was paid. It was paid. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. That's what you have to believe if you're not a Christian. And believe him, receive him sealed and if you're a christian let's just let's worship in spirit and in truth and and just get excited about the animating work of the truth of the living word through the living spirit that lives in us and so if he's shown you areas in your life because this is what he's going to do he's going to keep just renovating and and transforming listen listen, and then do what he says. Why? Because you're adopted. Right? Because he's made you holy. Right? Take communion this morning because Jesus has done this. He's body and blood was shed for you righteousness given to you All every blessing we have came through Jesus death and resurrection and on the night before he did all that he said here is how you're going to remember and just receive this until I come in a way that it will awaken your faith and so by the spirit just come when you're ready take communion but before you do Go to the spirit and say, if that's your job, I need to cooperate with you so you can do it the way you need to do it in my life. And then lastly, last question, what would it be like if you concentrated on the spirit's sufficiency instead of your insufficiency today. This week, in that next meeting, at the kitchen table, in the office. So will you rise with me as we respond? We'll also um, not just worship in spirit and truth, we'll, uh, we'll celebrate the Lord's table. We also have a prayer couple who'd love to pray with you, many prayer couples, so encourage you to find them and pray with them. Let me pray and then we'll respond. Father, I just thank you for the gift of having the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are in us. And I thank you that you've sealed us, that we can have an overwhelming assurance that this is just the beginning, the installment. And I thank you for that gift. What a great gift that that every one of these realities and, and truths are not propositions, but they are transforming by, by you in us. And so I just pray, Holy Spirit, that as we, that we leave here, as we, as we just marinate in a series where we just look at all that you've done and all that we have in you, that we would be amazed, be hungry to keep in step with you. And I pray for for this time of response, I pray that you would help us respond. I pray that you'd reveal those things that need to be tilled up and then that you would take the gospel that is, and you'd put a floodlight on it that because we're adopted, because we're loved, because we're forgiven, it's all forgiven. And that we'd repent before we come to take communion and I pray we take it with so much joy because of your in us, assuring us and making it so true. I pray that when we bite the taste buds, we just sense the reality of what we're doing in celebrating you, Jesus. So I I just pray this would be a sweet time by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.